satellites in the skies broadcasting lies to billions of people. Camels on the streets tracking who we meet and call this liberty. Of their heart 
or a sense of responsibility to themselves and to the nation. Nobody's getting paid to do this. And uh, and they're working just as hard as if they were getting paid to do it. So be sure and and take the time to call in and uh, mention those folks. Uh, the call screener can, uh, can uh, when you call in, uh, you can let him know whether you're uh, you want to give a shout out to your local crew or if you're just listening, uh, et cetera. And uh, he'll put that information up for me to see, and I'll start uh, bringing you guys on the air to to give your local uh, thank yous, and uh, and we'll get started with that uh, in just a second. I'd like to uh, to give thanks to uh, my. Uh, my buddy, uh, Chuck Leamy, Red Dot, uh, who has done a, a, a huge amount in, uh, in bringing this program forward here in the state of Texas. Chuck is a great guy. He's a retired uh, battalion commander. Uh, he knows just about every single person uh, in the military. If he was in the military and uh, an officer in the last uh, quarter of a century, then and Chuck probably knows him. And uh, Chuck did a uh, a great job of just jumping straight in and going to work when he first began with the program. I think he did uh, over 20 apple seeds in the first six months that uh, that he worked at the program. And he's continued it pretty close to that pace Uh Ever since, the only thing that stopped him was he keeps getting uh, jerked overseas to uh, to work out some kinks uh, for the company that he works to works with. Other than that, I would think he'd already be he'd probably be running up close on to sixty or seventy events by now, and uh, and he's always willing to to put down what he's doing and grab his travel gear and. Uh, and drive out of his way to uh, to pick up other instructors and bring them with him. If any of the instructors want to go to an event, they can uh, call Chuck and he'll drive however far far however far it is to go and pick them up and uh, take them with him. And uh, he's been doing events uh, all over Texas uh, and uh, also out of the state. He just got back from doing an event in. I believe it was, uh, I can't remember if it was Nebraska or Minnesota, but uh, but he's a really great guy. He knows his craft. He's a very professional instructor, and uh, I would have no qualms on, on sending him out to do uh, an event for, uh, for anyone in the nation, anywhere, anyhow. So... Uh, and if you have somebody that you want to thank, then be sure and give us a call at 347-308-8790. 347-308-8790. And, uh, and we'll get you on the air. Get your, uh, get your congratulations or your thank you uh, for your local crews. Uh, I also want to remind you folks that uh, the whole reason I do this show is not for me. Uh, I could, uh, if if it wasn't for you guys, 
then I would probably be spending this time uh, right now trying to uh, finish power washing uh, uh, the west side of the house here so I could put some paint on it tomorrow or uh, or checking the fence line uh, on uh, the property south of town or any number of things. The whole reason I do it is for you guys. And... Uh, that being the case, if you guys have some uh, guests that you would like to see on the show or if you have uh, uh, some subjects that you'd like to see covered, then please make sure you uh, you get those to me. You can send them to me uh, by uh, PM on the forum to scout or by email to me on my regular email and uh, just put a radio show in this in the subject. Uh, to range scout at hughes.net, r a n g e s c o u t at h u h u g h e s dot net, range scout at hughes.net. All right, and uh, we'll try and uh, we'll take a look at the subjects that you like covered, or the guests that you would like us to get on. And, and look, we've we've done such a uh, We've done such a good job over the last few years, and we've had quite a few folks on uh, that we can get we can get uh, just about anybody. Uh, we have a good chance of getting just about anybody that uh, that you may like to see. So, give us your suggestions or your requests, and we'll do uh, our best to get them on. We've had uh, Masad Ayub on, uh, David Hackett Fisher. Uh, Chris Knox, uh, Larry Pratt from Gun Owners of America. Uh, we've had uh, the list goes on and on. And uh, any other folks that you would like to see on, then uh, then drop me a note and let me uh, and uh, and I'll do my best to try and uh, get the folks on. If there's some subjects that you want covered, then. Uh, I'll be glad to take a look at that too. See if there's any way we can get that covered. All right. Uh, we've got. Uh, we've got a caller. I'll let bring one of the callers on here now. Uh, Dave, area code six three zero. You're on the air. Yeah, hi, my name is Dave, uh, Dave Schur, actually. I was uh, just wanted to call and give a shout-out and a, a huge thanks to uh, my uh, crew. It was my first-ever Appleseed that I attended in June, um, and they really did a phenomenal job. The, the guy, uh, Ken Miller, was running it, known as Tornado. Uh, also, uh, Amber Waves was helping him out, as well as uh, Brown Bess Ed, Stan, Hassenfepper, Deck and Andrew Cage. You can see we had a huge crew helping everybody out. Uh, we've had about 15, 20 shooters, I guess, and I had such a phenomenal time with my first time out. Really uh, feel that it struck the first match for me personally uh, uh, of learning about the history of our country and uh, the great heritage of uh, riflemanship uh, and uh, the history that our uh, founding fathers set out for us. Uh, in fact, I'm going back again uh this weekend I'm going to another one, which will be in uh, 
uh, Bonfield, Illinois, which is another site that I'm lucky to have a few sites I can get to in Illinois to go to different ones. I'm going to go back to uh, hopefully requalify again, uh, this time on an AR. Uh, struck the match so bright in me, I guess. I went out and uh, got an AR because one of the instructors let me try him, try his when we backed out to uh, 100 yards to prove that uh, what we had learned uh, really uh, extrapolated out to distance. So, And I'm also planning to take my 10-year-old daughter back in August. Uh, hopefully uh, uh, I can spend time dedicated to her to help her uh, uh, learn to shoot as well. So just a huge th- shout-out and uh, a heartfelt thank you again to Tornado, Brown Bassett, Stan, Haas and Pfeffer, Amber Waves, Steck, and Andrew K for a great experience. Where was it again? Where was the uh, event water, held? Yeah, it was held in uh, Waterman, Illinois, which uh, the Aurora Sportsman's Club. It's a okay. great range that we have in northern Illinois with a you know everything out to a 600-yard range. In fact, I've already signed up to uh, – uh, take a long-range course uh, in some time out. You know, in a few weeks out, I'm going to be trying to back it out to 600 yards myself to see whether I can learn how to do that. Not through Appleseed, but just a different different course they offer there. And uh, Believer was a shoot boss? Uh, pardon? Did you say Believer was a shoot boss? No, Tornado was a – he goes by Tornado on the forums. I should also say, I guess I now go by uh, – Prairie Eagle on the forum, seeing as I just actually kind of set up that account today, earlier today anyways. But Tornado was the shoot boss, Ken Miller. Okay, well, great. And he he made the trip all the way up from southern Illinois, probably five, six hours away, just to, you know, run that shoot for us, uh, uh, and made the trip home on Sunday night after we were done. Well, we've, that's the kind of commitment that we have from our or instructor that it's, uh, it's not uncommon to to have uh, uh, an instructor drive from uh, California to El Paso, Texas to help out with a shoot or uh, just like I said earlier, uh, Red Dot, Chuck Leeming, uh, just drove up to either Minnesota or Nebraska, I can't remember which one, uh, to do a shoot from here in Texas. And, you know, uh, and I, I saw that with all the instructors and the I, instructors in training at it, it, uh, it my site, too. You know, uh, it was just phenomenal, their their dedication, you know, and putting everybody else first and helping everybody. It was the first time I'd ever really shot a rifle, too, a, a long history of uh, shotgun and pistol shooting. But, uh, you know, I wanted to learn the basics about how to shoot a rifle. And the time they spent with me, I just things started clicking and everything fell into place, and it was just a incredible experience. And I'm looking forward to figuring out how I can help give back to others too, as as you know, as I build my own skills. So you're thinking about becoming an instructor, then, right? Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> you know, I'm looking just looking forward first to going back if I if the opportunity presents itself and I can you know roll up my sleeves and help out uh, in any way. I'm I'm looking to do that myself. Well, you said that uh, you really hadn't done a lot of rifle shooting before this. Uh, Correct. What do you think? What did you think about the way that the the course is run, the way the information is presented, and the way the course is run, including the history and stuff? What did you think about this? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that was uh, just a perfect mix because, you know, I really hadn't shot a lot of rifle. I, I went to an indoor range, you know, a couple times to, to just make sure I knew, you know, the system I was dealing with and everything. Um, so I was a little comfortable, but uh, from the instruction, uh, the, the marksmanship instruction, you know, was one point, one part, and it made everybody feel very safe and comfortable and didn't jump right into things too too fast, you know. There was there's kids and women and ladies and 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 ours, and nobody felt uncomfortable. But the history really, uh, you know, starting off with that and and weaving that in in equal portions throughout the the two day event was phenomenal because it gave everybody a chance to really understand. I think the background or basis of what they were learning, and you know how how it's critical that everybody in our country have these skills and, you know, how important it is to the foundation of the, of the U.S. Right. And, uh, and the, what about the, the speed of, uh, of the introduction of the material? Was the, you know, we cram a lot of stuff into the two days. Um, yep, yep. Okay. Well, so you. I, I, you know, I never like felt I, faster. No, I never felt like the instruction was too fast. You know, things were brought in kind of slowly on that first day, learning the basics. You know, starting off with, uh, we started off, you know, learning everything about the prone position and natural point of aim and how important that was. And I really had a, uh, you know, being a shotgun shooter my whole life you know which is just kind of a point and spray kind of you know you're more aiming than anything you're you're not aiming you're more pointing than anything else that you know the first time that i got down in a prone position and uh you know got my natural point of aim and the first time i saw uh, very clearly this you know i was shooting uh with uh, a scope but uh, the, the first time i saw that you know rise and fall with my breath and the fact I could close my eyes and, you know, kind of move around or, you know, just unfocus and open my eyes back up and see I was on the exact same spot. That was, you know, that was just a, a watershed moment for me. Um, but so I, to, your, to your question, pace, I thought it was perfect. Uh, I will say that Tornado, our shoot boss, really started pushing us in the afternoon to get through those uh, AQTs, uh, which I liked. You know, I kind of liked that drive to – you know, we were kind of not 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 crazy hasty, but we had to be focused, and we you know it really felt like we were in a drill and and getting down to work uh, to get through it. So I thought that that was uh, great. I thought the pace was just just right. I think I might have lost you here, so if I did, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and hang up and let you keep going. But thanks again to the crew in Illinois uh, at Waterman on June 2nd, led by uh, Tornado. Had an awesome time. Okay, Dave, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah sorry, I can now. <laughs> okay. I don't know what happened. Somehow my 
So now my mic got uh, shut. Anyway, what I was asking was, uh, before you went, did you know that there was going to be a, there were going to be instruction in history included in it? Yeah, I did. I you know I did a little looking around, uh, uh, and, and and that's actually why I went to Appleseed as to a lot of other different vehicles. It really kind of I thought it was cool to be able to get the history as well. Well, okay, and uh, and how about when you come to your next one, bringing some of your friends with you? Yeah, I'm actually. Uh, uh, I was going to take some of my kids to the next one. They, they all have events this, this next one, so I won't be able to. But I've uh, uh, reached out to some other people I know and said I've got an uh, extra rifle now that I'm going to bring with me, and uh, I'm seeing if I can get somebody to come out with me. There's a lady that I know that would like to get out uh, shooting as well, and uh, uh, I'm going to I'm going to push to see if I can get someone to come out with me. Excellent, excellent. All right, well we. I appreciate you calling in, and uh, and be sure and call back in when you go to the next one. Or you don't have to wait till then; you can call in any time. But okay. uh, be sure and call in uh, after you go to your next event, and uh, let us know how you're progressing. Okay. Okay, we'll do. Thank you for all running right. the show and all the effort I'm sure you're putting into it. Well, thank you, Dave. Take care. God bless you, and uh, and we'll see you soon. Okay. Bye bye. All right, the number you to call in is 347-308-8790. And uh, uh, I don't know if Dave is still listening or not. But I told you guys I was going to give out the uh, a DVD of uh, the movie uh, Behold a Pale Horse. I'm going to give it out to one of the, the callers here at the beginning of the show who calls in to... Uh, Give their local crew thanks. I'm going to give it out to one of those folks. So uh, if you're interested in grabbing a copy of the movie Be, uh, Behold a Fiddle Horse, then uh, I'd call it. It's an easy, easy way to get one. Call in and thank one of your local crews. And you should be calling in and thank them just for that purpose, just to call in and thank them. And this is just, uh, and getting a DVD for doing it is just uh, icing on the cake. Chuck Undersea was on last uh, Thursday. And uh, he's the director of the movie Behold a Pale Horse. That is a documentary about uh, uh, about many of the things going on uh, in our nation right now. And Appleseed is included in the documentary. And Appleseed isn't uh, endorsing the movie. Appleseed isn't uh, up there uh, yelling about. Uh, 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 about anything really other than Appleseed, and uh, so uh, and I think that uh, anytime you have uh, you have a chance to listen or hear to uh, to see some information, then maybe you ought to do that. Maybe you ought to take a look at uh, some of the stuff that uh, folks are talking about and see if you see what you think about it. Uh, nobody's going to tell you. Nobody can tell you. Uh, what you should believe or what you shouldn't believe. This is something that you've got to figure out yourself. But you should listen to as much stuff as you can and then figure in, uh, research it yourself. Go and see if you if what you just heard is true or not true. You should be doing that on everything that, uh, everything that you hear. You should never be swallowing stuff whole 
you should be uh, uh, if you hear something or you read something on the uh, the internet or in the paper or in the news, I tell you, I get uh, I get so aggravated because I'll get uh, hundreds and hundreds of emails every week, hundreds and hundreds of them. Uh, matter of fact, I have about 1,900 uh, or more sitting in my uh, inbox right now. And uh, I'll get hundreds of emails, and uh, in those hundreds of emails will certainly be a, a good, uh, I'd say 4 or 5% of them will be emails that uh, uh, the, uh, the, oh, no, run ahead for the hills. Uh, the uh, such and such gun grab, or this or that, or uh, that people have, you know, hurry, send to all your friends. This must go out immediately. And uh, and I've got so many of them now. I'm just about to know them all by heart. But if 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 anybody, any of those people that just hits the blindly hits the forward button and sends them out, if they would just take a, a few extra seconds, twenty seconds, just to uh, uh, take the the heading, plug that into a Google, Google search engine, and hit the and, and click on submit, and see what it comes back as. See if that uh, that hurry alert must send this out to all your friends immediately. Warning uh, isn't one that's been floating around uh, since 1999 or 2001. You're not helping anybody when you do that. You're not helping anybody. All you're doing is adding to the flood of information, to the chaos that's out there. Uh, you should take a moment, find out if it's real or not, and then uh, if it is real, then you should research it yourself. You shouldn't just blindly swallow what anyone is telling you. I don't care who, what side of the aisle they're on or who they are or what they are, etc. You should not be blindly swallowing at the hook, line, and sinker. All right, you're, you're grown men and women. You should be taking the time to uh, to research this and find out the truth behind it or the, the falsehood behind it. And you should be doing that with all the information that comes to you. All right? Uh, and it's the same thing with, uh, with the movie Behold the Pale Horse. Uh, you should be... Uh, you should be taking a, a listen to see what the folks are saying and then finding out for yourself if it's true or not. <clears throat> anyway, Apathy was in the the movie and uh, Apathy was presented as uh, one of the solutions to the problem, uh, problems that America faces because Appleseed at its, at its heart is... Uh, is like a rocket launching pad. It's like a big Paul Revere machine, uh, trying to get folks awake, get them involved, uh, to get them on the launching pad, and then to ignite their fuse. And where they go from where they go from here, uh, who knows? But they're going somewhere. Uh, they may shoot up near 50 feet and do a U-turn and, and, and dive in the ground and explode. Who knows? Uh, they may rock it all the way to the presidency someday. But they're going somewhere uh, because it's one of the things that we're really good at. It's grabbing people off the couches and uh, motivating them and getting them involved uh, in safeguarding the freedoms and liberties 
that uh, that they enjoy by virtue of living in this nation. <clears throat> All right, so that's what uh, uh, that's what Chuck Untersee was trying to do with his movie. As he went on, he interviewed uh, I don't know how many people are in the in part one. I think there's about uh, ten or fifteen of them, and uh, uh, including Alfie and. Uh, and then there's part two and part three that will be coming out soon, too. And this has everybody in there from uh, from uh, Lieutenant General uh, Boykin to uh, uh, Senator Keyes, Deborah Medina, uh, uh, Randy Weaver is in it, uh, Stuart Rhodes from Oath Keepers is in there. And I say from Oath Keepers because that's where he is, that's where he's from recently. You know, Stuart Rhodes was started out here at Appleseed. And uh, he uh, he wrote one of the best uh, pieces, or one of the first reviews that we had uh, for a major magazine, and that was a review that he wrote for Swan Magazine. He did a great job on that. For quite a while, we were using that as part of our promo material, and in our promo packages was the uh, Swan Magazine article that he wrote. Anyway, there's there are reviews, I mean, uh, interviews with everybody. So, uh, so, and I managed to make a big full circle here on this, didn't I? Anyway, to uh, to have an opportunity to get a copy, free copy for yourself, you can call 347-308-8790 and uh, give a shout-out to your local crews and uh, tell them thanks for the job that they're doing and uh, or give us a... Uh, and after excellent report on your on our shoot shoot you just did, or on your state, and uh, and one of you guys are going to get the uh, the DVD. Now, if nobody calls in, I'm gonna I'm gonna get uh, give the copy today. All right, <clears throat> not that I'm not saying that Dave's Dave's. Uh, uh, his congrats, uh, Tucker wasn't uh, wasn't good enough to get it on his own. I'm just saying he's he's going to get it for sure if nobody else calls in. All right. Uh, so last week we were going to talk about IMC, but we didn't get a chance to because of the interview going along with uh, Chuck Andresi. So we're going to do that this week. Now you can go ahead and call in uh, during the during the body of the show. We'll still take your uh, your calls on uh, on either uh, giving a shout out to your crews or after actions, or uh, I also want you guys uh, to call in during the show for the during the IMC portion of the show because if you have uh, if you have uh, certain ways you like to teach this, or if you have some information on on IMC or teaching IMC to folks and we'd like for you to share it with everybody. All right? That's how you that's how you get to become you get to be a uh, a really good instructor is by listening to uh going and listening to everybody you can doing the IMC portion of the show and then stealing it and incorporating it into your show. So we'd like for you guys to call in tonight and uh and tell us how you teach uh, IMC or what are uh, any special secrets that uh, 
that you use during that. All right. <clears throat> IMC, inches, minutes, and clicks. This is, uh, I've done a lot of apple seeds, and and a lot of them as uh, uh, as a shoot boss, and a lot as uh, uh, how do you, as just a supervisor. And because once you once you become a shoot boss, then really you you really shouldn't be uh, doing the teaching anymore, because once you're once you become a shoot boss, you should be uh, making sure that all of the rest of the folks, the new instructors, making sure that they're teaching the uh, the different parts of the shoot, so that you can uh, so that you can watch them and evaluate them and see how, you know see how they're doing, so that they can learn to teach it. And of all the portions of the uh, the instruction, IMC uh, has got to be one of the stickiest portions of the show of the apple seed uh, that I usually see folks uh, having trouble with. Uh, folks will get up there ready to do the IMC, and uh, and they'll start off. And uh, and all of a sudden it'll be like they like they walked out a door and the door shut behind them and they can't figure out how to get back home or get back. And uh, the main problem I believe with most folks teaching IMC is that they try to make it a lot harder than what it is. They're trying to make it a lot harder than what it is because basically uh, uh, what it boils down to is it's a simple translation problem. All you're doing is you're translating information. You're taking the, the inches, which is the uh, which is the uh, the impact of the rounds uh, on the target and converting it into minutes, which can then be used uh, on your rifle sights, which are made in clicks. So it's really no different than uh, than doing a translation problem from, say, from German to French to English. You guys remember... Uh, uh, von Steuben at Valley Forge. He was uh, uh, he he was a German officer, and uh, and it turns out that he was uh, he wasn't at that high of a rank. I believe he was a uh, actually a captain of the German army, but he pa- he passed himself off as a a baron and a general, and Washington. Uh, gave him the task of teaching uh, the uh, the soldiers and Valley Forge on how to become soldiers. He teaching them uh, their firearms drills, uh, how to move as a unit, all the stuff they needed to do to actually fight on 
on what was at that time a modern battlefield. And he did a really great job of it. And uh, and the way he did it was, he uh, and of course he couldn't teach the whole army, but what he did was he, he taught a... Uh, a solid core of guys, and then those guys went to their units and taught them, and he did a really great job. But he couldn't speak any English except for curse words. Uh, They said he could really do a great job of cursing in English. But other than that, he couldn't speak any English. And none of the folks there on the staff spoke German. However, von Steuben could speak German and French. And there were some of the officers there that could speak French and English. So he would give his uh, his daily uh, lesson plans. He would dictate it in German uh, to uh, one of the staff guys, who would then translate it to French, where it would then be translated to English. Now, all these guys are doing is the uh is the same thing you're gonna it's a it's gonna be a translation problem and usually when we're but before we get to the i m c portion uh one of the things I want to tell you guys is there's gonna be some things leading up into i m c and uh, and one of the things is you know, whenever you, when folks get there in the morning, when the first thing you do is you get them to, uh, I'm talking about after you do the introduction, safety briefing, et cetera, stuff like that. First thing you're going to do is you're going to post some red coats and they're going to shoot the red coats. And, uh, and they do that without any other instruction, right? They, they come and they shoot the red coats without any kind of instruction. Because the red coats are just a diagnostic tool. Uh, we're using the red coats as, as two things. One, to let them get shooting as soon as possible. That satisfies their their lust for trigger time. And uh, mainly so that we can see what skills they brought with them. All right? And the way I frame it is I tell the folks, I go, look, this is, this is, uh, this is going to let me see how, uh, how you do if, Paul Revere were to have come riding by five minutes ago yelling, uh, the regulars are out, then what you would take with you this day is the skills that you brought. So I want to see what skills you brought with you. And you're going to show me when you shoot this red coat. Now, you can make sure that they know that that's not how the the whole day is going to go. You're not going to post targets and they're going to shoot and, and over and over. There's going to be instruction, but not on the first, on the red coat. But after the red coat is shot, and they come up to the line, and you start, to, and they come back to the, the line, you start talking about what's getting ready to happen next. One of the things that I tell the folks is, look, don't uh, don't jack with your sights. All we want you to do right now is to work on putting you pulling your group down tight. Once their group is tight, uh, I can zero their rifle myself with a screwdriver. I don't need to shoot it, and I don't need any information from them. I can zero their rifle myself with a screwdriver. What I can't do is pull their group down tight. So they've got to do that. And 
I don't want them shooting at anything. I don't want them doing any kind of uh, Kentucky windage, uh, any kind of hold-off, anything like that. They're going to keep shooting right at that point we tell them to shoot at. It's the, the center square on the left sheet of the uh, square's targets, and they're going to shoot uh, right at that uh, center square. Uh, even if they've got their... Uh, their scopes, and they can see where the round is impacting. You don't move your rifle to bring the impact of the round into the square. All you're going to do, you're going to keep aiming for that exact same place in that square and get the group down tight. So nobody's going to touch their sights uh, until their group is down tight. <clears throat> because I've had plenty of people uh, so many people get caught up in the idea of uh, uh, it's always uh, it's always the rifle, right? Oh man, I, yeah, you know this is what I thought. You got the you know these these sights got to be adjusted. They got to be adjusted. I loaned out and blah blah blah. And these sights got to be adjusted. Uh, the sights don't need to be adjusted. Your group just not need to be pulled in tight. Uh, so. <clears throat> The first thing is make sure that they are going to, they're not going to be doing any kind of Kentucky windage or anything else. They're going to be uh, shooting at the same place until uh, until you give them the okay to move their sights, all right? And then after the first course of fire, I like to make sure that uh, uh, that, uh, and even before that, a lot of times before that, They've talked about talking targets and uh, what talking targets means and why they need to understand that they should never, ever go down range and look at their target without being able to get the data from the target, all right? Because it's, it's very, very important that they never, after they've been to the apple seed, that they never, ever again in their life go down and look at their target and walk away from that target without taking the information that the target has given them with them. It's very, very important. All right, and uh, and what information are they looking for? It's very, very simple. It's how big is my group and where is my group? That's the two things they're going to be looking for. Now... When you're teaching IMC, uh, you want to present it to the folks as a translation problem. That you're just going to be translating uh, inches into minutes, and those minutes then are going to be translated into usable clicks, clicks into, what you, the, into information that can be used by the rifle. And when you do this, you need to teach from the known to the unknown. Uh, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't give them some big chunk of information or terminology or anything else without, without giving them a trail on how to get there. And uh, so it's very important that that you're teaching from the known to the unknown. And uh, one of the ways I try and explain it to folks is is when you're talking about uh, 
the connection of the interest minutes and clicks, you're talking about, uh, and, I, and, and try not to add a bunch of other stuff into it. In the very beginning, uh, I would, because I, because I was used to, to military usage and terminology, uh, I would be talking about the cone of fire and stuff like that, and the, and the beaten cone of fire. And try not to try not to bring any for putting anything else in to the discussion that that they don't need to know at that time. Use something very simple because I'm telling you right now that after about the first uh, about the first hour and a half there on the line, the folks. Have, uh, have just about gotten all of the information packed into their skull that they can hold. All the information you're giving them after that first hour and a half, is something else has got to leave for them to allow that information in, okay? So uh, make sure that you uh, are doing this in a very simple fashion. And IMC is a very simple thing. It doesn't need to be made uh, complicated. All right, you can start out with the, for them. The known to them would be a circle. You have a circle, and everybody pretty much knows what a, a circle looks like, right? And in the circle, you have 360 degrees. That's what makes a full circle. You have a, a 360 degrees. Now, you're standing in the center of that circle. And if you take your left hand and you point it at the target, and you take your right hand and you point it uh, directly to your right, uh, you're facing the target, your left hand is pointing at the target, and your right hand is pointing out uh, directly to the right of you, then the field that's within your arms is in a field of 90 degrees. <clears throat> now, as you close that, you're, as you bring your arms together, then the field of degrees is growing smaller. All right? You can close it all the way until both fingers are touching and both fingers are pointing at the target. Within that circle of 360 degrees, you can eliminate all but the one degree, and that one degree you can point at the target. Now, that degree goes from where you are, you're the you are the singularity. It goes from where you are uh, at the singularity out to the target. Now, if you're pointing that one degree at a target 100 meters away, that one degree, when it crosses the 100-meter line there, is going to be five feet wide, Right? Because at 100 yards, if you took the uh, the one degree and across the 100-yard line, it would be five feet wide. And if you took a uh, if you took a run around that circle, you would have uh, five feet times 360, and that's how many uh, how many feet would be in that 100-yard circle. So what you have you have five feet per 100 yards for every degree. Now, whenever we're using 
this angular method for rifle marksmanship. We we really can't use a degree because it's a bit too big, right? The uh, you don't want to be able you don't want to have to adjust the uh, five feet uh, to bring your target over uh, one inch. All right, so you're gonna have to use something smaller. So within every degree, it's been chopped up into minutes. You can go for smaller than that, but every degree has been chopped up into minutes. It just so happens, just so happens, luckily for folks, that the degree is five feet wide per 100 yards and that the five feet has 60 inches in it. So every degree has 60 minutes. Now, whenever you're teaching the folks this, you don't have to go fast. You don't have to, uh, but the best thing to do is to let them do the discovery and let them do the math part of it, right? So if you tell them that uh, one degree is five feet wide at 100 yards, 100 meters, that there are 60 minutes in every degree, then you can ask them then. If there are 60 minutes in every degree, and a degree is five feet wide for 100 yards, then how many inches are in a minute? All right, five feet divided by 60 is one. Get them to Get them to do the discovery. Keep pushing them in the uh, in the discovery mode so that they're making the discoveries because when you give something to somebody then then they're not going to be they're not going to be trying to figure it out because you're going to give it to them uh, if you're going to be asking them what it is, that means they better be listening to you and trying to figure it out because if 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 not, you're going to point at them in a minute and ask them what something is. They better be ready for it. So it's going to make them, it's going to put pressure on them to think. <clears throat> All right. So now you've got them to understand that one minute of arc is one inch wide per 100 meters. And you can go forward from there and ask them if it is one minute of arc is one inch wide per 100, then what? how wide is one minute of arc at 200 meters? And get them, don't, don't tell them what it is. Uh, put it in a question form so that you're making them, uh, you know, quickly try and figure this out so they can give you the information. All right? And you can run it out to uh, all the way to 500 meters. All right, and then start bringing it back towards you. Well, if it's one inch per 100 meters and one minute of arc is one inch wide at uh, at 100 meters, what is it at 50? What is it at 25? Okay, so now 
you've got them to understand the inches portion of it. You've gone from the inches portion to the minutes. <clears throat> now, uh, usually you can go to the uh, you can go to the target line and do some uh, do some uh, problems here on the on the paper and get them to tell you what the uh, what the inches to measure the you know measure their target. Get them to measure their targets. Find out what the distance from the point of impact to the target is, or from the geological, uh, I mean geographical center of their group to the target is, to translate that into minutes. Now, once it's in minutes, then that's something that your rifle can understand, because your rifle, the sighting system, is developed to accept minutes. Now, what the minutes are, uh, what the minutes are, uh, are for your particular rifle is going to be it's going to be different for everyone's rifle. Uh, not only are the different are there a, a multitude of, uh, of different variations of rifles, but then there is the individual. Shooters, uh, the individual shooters, uh, the way that they're going to shoot, uh, and the way that what the adjustments are going to mean for them. Just because uh, the factory says one minute, one minute of arc is one click for this particular rifle, doesn't mean it's going to be exactly one click for that particular rifle and that shooter. All right. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to find out what it is, because even if you don't know what it is, you're getting. I tell the folks, even if you don't know what your rifle is, don't worry, because we're getting ready to find out. You're going to shoot, and then we're going to measure, and uh, and then you'll know what your particular uh, what your particular uh, I would keep want to say declination, um, but your particular uh, adjustment is. Now, for most of the uh, most of the battle rifles, the American-made battle rifles, one minute equals one click. That means one click on your rifle will give you uh, one minute of adjustment. Now, the tech sites <clears throat> uh, are fairly close to this, <laughs> and. Uh, your scopes usually have it marked uh, inside the uh, the adjustment areas on the scopes, and it'll tell you that uh, it'll either say it in clicks or it'll say it in inches or quarter inches or half inches. It'll tell you what it is. One uh, uh, one click is one quarter inch at 100 yards. I mean each click on your scope's adjustment is one quarter of a minute. That means you'll have to make four clicks in order to achieve one minute uh, of change and uh, and each rifle is different. Each of the scopes are different. So you have to look at your particular, your individual rifle 
uh, just see what it is. And and then, like I said, don't get uh, don't get too excited because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what your rifle says. What it's going to be is what you measure it out to be. Uh, especially folks with the the many different variations of the ARs and stuff like that because there are so many different uh, possibilities for the ARs, for the different barrel lengths and the different types of sights. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty amazing. Now, the uh, the folks that have the analog rifles. <clears throat> Uh, those folks are going to have to use uh, their best their best judgment, and they're going to have to figure out uh, uh, they're going to have to figure out when for the analog sites you're going to have to. Sorry. I'm trying to type all this uh what I was talking. You have to figure out <clears throat> uh how far you need to drift your site in order to uh in order to get your adjustment. And uh it's not a hard thing to do. Make sure that you mark your sites where they are first before you start moving it or start jacking with it. <clears throat> but uh usually one of the things that we uh that we can use for the distance on uh uh on the human hair is the hair is about uh uh sixty thousandths of an inch. Uh six thousandths of an inch in uh a human hair. So one human hair ends up being one minute of arc wide. So if you move your sights the width of a human hair, you're gonna get one minute. Okay, so you're going to you're going to pose this to the to the folks as a translation problem. All you're going to do is you're going to take the holes in the paper and you're going to measure that, and that's going to give you your inches. And uh, whenever you, if you're just using one round to side in, then of course it'll be the distance from that one round. To your target. If you're using uh, three rounds or a five-round group, it'll be the geographic center of that group to the target. It'll make do that measurement, and that measurement will give you your inches. Then you'll make the transition from inches into minutes by determining what the distance is from, from where you fired to the target and determining what the inches are in relation to your distance to the target. So we know that on the uh, the 25-meter line that one minute of arc is a quarter of an inch wide. So that every uh, quarter of an inch you'll assign a minute to, and that will give you your minutes. Now, once you've got your minutes, then you can take those then and translate.
translate that into a usable feature on your rifle, and that is going to be in clicks. Either in clicks on the dial for your mechanical sights, clicks on the adjustment knob of the scope, or it'll be in the amount that you'll need to drift your sights. All right. Uh, okay. I'm trying to see if anybody I I uh I don't see anything written here for the uh for the studio. We'll go ahead and bring some of the callers on that. Area code three six, you're on the air. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, who's this? Yeah, this is Bruce. I go by nine millimeter forty five forty five. I'm a shoot boss down here in Florida. Well, hey, what'd you say your name was again? I'm Bruce. Bruce. Well, yep. Bruce, thanks for calling. Uh, what do you got to add for this? Well, I think you're doing a great job there. Um, I think the biggest issue I see with the instructors that teach is they try to make it too complicated. Uh, basically, the the words that I want people to go home with and I, what I tell them to write down is the definition of a minute of angle uh, you need to know what a minute of angle is at whatever range you're shooting at. And um, given the definition that it's an inch per 100 yards, and once they know the uh, the number of minutes of angle, then, again, it's just a translation. We measure the center of the group to the center of where you want it to be, translate that into minutes, and then go apply that to the rifle. About the only thing that I do that you didn't mention is I always tell them to write it down. And... Uh, the reason being that uh, most of us have walked all the way back to the uh, to the rifle and turned the uh, the adjustment the exact wrong way because we forgot to write it down. Yeah, well, that's a that's a really good point. Is uh, is when you start when you actually start when folks are ready to start making adjustments, uh, I do tell them the same thing. I tell them. Uh, to make sure that they write it down because everybody knows that uh, once you get to the range, you end up with a 24-meter memory. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's 25 uh, meters back to the uh, back to the firing line. Yeah, and that uh, you don't want to waste your – you should never waste a trip down there. And a good way to waste a trip down there is to not write it down because then you'll have to say, well, what was it? Was it was – it, one inch low and two inches to the left, or was it uh, two inches to the left and one inch high, or, or what was it? Well, if you don't know, then you're going to completely waste that uh, that whole section. So everybody writes it down. Yeah, I, I always tell them don't, you know, once you get through the inches part, always think in minutes. Write it down, you know, six minutes right, four minutes up. And, you know, after they write it, write it down on their palm of their hand with a magic marker, they'll probably remember the notepad the next time. And the yeah. uh, the other thing I like to do, uh, if they're using scopes, and we get a lot of folks shooting scopes with quarter-minute adjustments, is I tell them don't try to do the math and convert it into the number of clicks. So let's say they got to move six minutes up. Well, let's see, that's six times four is, uh, let me see, I don't. I tell them don't don't think of it as counting up 24 clicks. 
think of it as going up six minutes. So I go one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, three, two, three, four, four, two, three, four, five, two, three, four, six, two, three, four. Now you've just moved it six minutes. And you did out to 24 or whatever the number is. And of course, you get somebody that's 15 minutes out. That's a lot of clicks, and invariably they'll somebody will say something to them, and they'll lose count at you know click number thirty-seven. But if they're counting minutes, just you know count off each minute: uh, one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, and finally you know they're up to fifteen, two, three, four, sixteen, two, three, four, done. And this way they right. don't have to you know try to figure out uh, where they are in the you know the hundred and fourteen clicks that they're having to adjust their scope. I just tell them to think in minutes, and it uh, keeps it simple that way. Uh, of course, we, we always use two common examples when I'm teaching. Uh, I, of course, always use the M1 Grand because I've usually broken out the M1 Grand by then and try to mention the CMP and what a wonderful thing it is, and we use that as our you know one click per minute. And then, of course, we also see so many scopes on the line that I'll use a you know a scope using quarter-minute clicks. But those those uh, examples seem to keep them satisfied, and the ones, of course, that cause you to pull your hair out is the um, well, the standard Ruger sites where it's kind of tap it a little bit and then go shoot another group and you know tap it a little bit more. I, I'm very good at measuring exactly you know six thousandths of an inch. It's you know, tap it a little bit and try it. Well, the whole the whole point of this is to get them to get over the fear of putting their fingers oh. uh, on their controls because so many people, they, they would rather die than uh, than make a click on their rifle. They, they, well, yeah. They, they're, they're, the fear, they just have this dreadful fear of it. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go, something's going to happen. The world is going to end if I, if I start clicking on here. They'd much rather hold off and use Kentucky windage. And I don't force anybody to do, to make adjustments, but I tell them, I said, look, it's going to be a lot easier for you to get over your fear of making adjustments to your to your rifle sights and start uh, dialing in these adjustments uh, than for you to try and use Kentucky windage. If you're shooting out to three or 400 meters and you got nothing to hold off on, uh, how are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. Just, uh, go ahead and make those adjustments and learn how to make the adjustments, uh, you know, and put them on your rifle and, you know, learn how to do it because the... Uh, uh, it, because it is not uh, something that's complicated, and uh, and I think that's the, the problem that most of the instructors, uh, especially new instructors, uh, have is that they feel that this is a complicated thing, and that one sentence is not going to be able to explain, uh, you know, the complexity of this uh, of this idea. And the answer is that yeah, it can. It can do it very easily. Yeah. So don't try and make this something can. Uh, complex or confusing. It's a very simple thing. You're going to measure it. You're going to convert those the inches on the paper into minutes. Then you go go back to your rifle on the line. You're going to put those clicks on your rifle. It's that easy. Now, the other thing is that I'll tell folks is is never, is like you were saying earlier, is never, ever, ever put a, uh, put a screwdriver on your sights or touch your sights without writing down what you just did because yeah. uh, you've got to have a trail of breadcrumbs to get back to where you were before. Well, we, you don't, uh, 
if you if you put some adjustment on there and you don't remember what it was you put on there, how are you going to take it off? If you put an adjustment on there and you put the wrong one on there and you, now you find yourself to be twice as far to the right and low, then and you don't remember what exactly you did, how are you going to take that off? If you wrote down on your notebook, you said, okay, I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to go four clicks uh, uh, down and five clicks to the right, then you can take off the eight clicks and ten clicks if need be to make the correct adjustment. If you didn't write it down and you don't remember what it was, then you're lost. You're going to keep wasting time. I think what we also see is that it doesn't completely click until Sunday afternoon and we're doing KD. And they shoot a group and they're, you know, six, seven, eight minutes low because they're, you know, shooting at 100 yards using a 22. And once they've worked the math uh, in real life using, you know, at that, at that example, I mean, it's, you know, seven inches, seven minutes then you start seeing the lights come on, and they finally get it. Before that, they were kind of, you know, going through the motions, but they didn't completely understand all this this inches, minutes, clicks. They were doing it, but I don't think the intellectual understanding was completely gelled. But uh, once you do the KD, it's like, oh, now I get it. Right. That seems to help right. anyway, but... Uh, Anyway, it's it's been a uh, an interesting experience because you know when I first started teaching IMC, I, it was it was fumbly. It's a lot easier now, and the biggest issue I see with uh, the instructors that are working with me is that they do just try to make it too complicated and get into all kinds of mathematical formulas involving pi and radiuses and eh, don't go there. <clears throat> yeah, because there's a lot of folks. Uh, I've got a couple of buddies who are. Uh, <laughs> Who are engineers, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and man, I always tell them I go stop, stop, because uh, you know the guys you're talking to are not engineers. You guys mm-hmm. are they're doing a great job of explaining it, the the minutia of it. The problem is, is that is if they lost the folks, uh, you know, after the fifth or sixth word in the paragraph, yeah. the folks that you spot. I'm not telling I'm not telling folks that I'm not trying to tell you guys that your attendees are stupid. They're not. It's just that you're giving them a whole lot of information at one time, and they can only accept so much in uh, in 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 different periods of time. They can only accept so much information in at a time. So you got to keep it as absolutely simple as possible, and uh, and not make the inches and the clicks a a complex teaching don't add extra stuff in don't uh don't cross teach during imc don't uh, talk about uh if you were uh if you're going to be doing uh if you were doing this for this reason or this reason you you would do this but we're not doing it so that, that's why we're not doing that etc none of that you just give them just what they need for this section of imc and they don't need a whole lot all they need is just the introduction to it, and you can talk about it some more. Like you said, well, by Sunday, they're going to have a better grasp of it. They're going to have more information that they can use to compare it to. So all you really have to do is just give them the quick, simple introduction to IMC, and uh, and then as you go along, you can be using different uh, uh 
different uh, examples uh, to help flesh it out. You know, we have a, uh, I was talking to uh, another instructor the other day, and we were talking about uh, different teaching tools that you could possibly use for IMC. Because me talking about IMC on the radio, it's it's good, but uh, IMC really needs just at least a small amount of visual uh, aids to go with it. And if you could use, uh, if you had like a, uh, if you had like a homemade compass, which would be like uh, uh, two, uh, two uh, long uh, one by ones, or you know, or two by twos, mm-hmm. and you had one, they, you know, they're connected at the end, just like a compass. One your, is laid in line with the barrel of your rifle, and the other one is pointing at the target. Mm-hmm. And you can show people uh, the distance between the two uh, is your angle, is your angle in minutes. There's a lot of ways you can teach it, and everybody has a, a good favorite way of teaching it and a, and something that they feel uh, uh, is a, the best way to get the information across. Uh, and uh, let me see, let me check and make sure I'm not leaving anybody else hanging there. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to get out about uh, about that, Bruce? No, nothing. Nothing really. I'm just packing up, uh, going to a, a shoot uh, this weekend down at uh, Rocky Creek Ranch. It should be a good shoot. It's a, a lovely place, and of course, it's it's summertime. It's Florida. Uh, it's going to be a sweat fest. But Absolutely. Well, listen, have a good time at the shoot. Good uh, good luck and good skill. And uh, be sure to tell all the folks out there in uh, Florida. I said, hey. Absolutely. Well, it's been fun talking to you. Have a good one, sir. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I got area code uh, 608. You're on the air? 608. Area code me? Yep, 608-477. Who's this? That's Coley Cap. Hey, Coley. How's it going? Good. How about yourself? I'm just, I'm doing just dandy. So right. what do you got for us tonight? Well, um, Bruce had a lot of good stuff, and, and so did you. Um, I guess uh, the only thing that I would like to add, and, and you were just talking about it just a few seconds ago, about trying to, you know, give them basically what they need to know and not more than that to confuse them because they have been, I mean, they've they've just had, Oh, I don't know, maybe two and a half, three hours of, of being drenched with the fire hose. And uh, now you're going to teach them a foreign language, and that's the language of the rifle. And uh, what so we, what we do um, is try to keep it as simple as possible. And uh, in terms that we speak in inches, targets speak in inches, rifles speak in clicks, and minutes of angle is the translator, which is what, what you have said. What we maybe do a little bit different than some of the other areas is we do stay away from um, the circle, um, talking about the 90 degrees, the 1 degree, the 60 minutes, all of that, because that's all information that um, I don't really think they need at this point. It's almost more theory as to what a minute of angle is. And uh, we have a, a funny expression for that, and we call that the circle of boredom. Because as I watch um, 
instructors going through uh, that circle, I can see the eyes glazing over on the students. So we, we avoid that, and we also avoid the cone. And, you know, the cone's a great thing and something that probably should be brought up on Sunday when you're doing KD lecture, <clears throat> but we call, we call that the cone of death because it's another, another way to basically give information that they don't really need at this point. So what we do is we, basic, we, we hammer the fact that if you're shooting one minute of angle at 100 yards, you have a one-inch group, a one-inch circle. It would fill a quarter. So one minute of angle is one inch per 100 yards. And one minute of angle at 200 yards, that would be a two-inch circle. So one minute of angle at 200 is two inches. And then at that point, I ask, I ask the students to fill in the rest. And you can be fun. You can go up to 1,775 yards. What's one minute of angle at 1,775? And they'll come up with the answer. Oh, it's like set that 17 and three-quarter inches. Well, we're not shooting at 100 yards, are we? No, we're shooting at 25 yards, 25 meters, close enough. So if we were shooting at 50, half the distance from 1 to 100, one minute of angle would be what? And they'll say half an inch. Well, we're, we're at 25, so what is one minute of angle? And they'll say one quarter of an inch. And at that point, you can bring up how generous and benevolent Fred is because he gave us these squares that have quarter-inch grids on them. So we don't even need a ruler for this morning. Each one of those quarter-inch squares is one minute of angle. So you find the center of your group, you count how many squares it is, and then you write on your hand, I have to go seven minutes of angle to the left, and I have to go four minutes of angle up. And that's what you take back to your rifle. And then the only other thing we talk about is basically um, scopes most are, and uh, Bruce brought that up, most scopes are quarter quarter of a minute. Um, real rifles are, are one click is one minute. But we don't really know what that is until we get back and actually take off the caps and look at ours. So we want to just take back minutes. And then the last bit of information that you want to impart is if you have to do the adjustment from the front sight, it is always the opposite direction. The rear sight, if you want to go to the right, you move the rear sight to the right. If you have to move the front sight and you want to go to the right, you have to move it left. It's always the opposite. Front sight is always the opposite. And that's pretty much it. It's five minutes. And then, of course, you work, um, you work the rest of the day. Um, with the students down there and then start asking questions at the target line. Well, how big is your group? And they'll, you know, they'll, they'll hold out their hand, you know, and make a circle and uh, say, so you're going you're gonna to go to another shoot and you're going you're gonna to say my group is this big, you know, holding a circle in their hand. Who is your instructor? So I want you to measure that so that you can tell me how many minutes of angle that group is so that I don't get uh, um, in trouble. But that's, that's kind of a, that's a, a real simple way that we do it on Saturday. And then, of course, like Bruce mentioned, Sunday is when it really starts clicking because now they're working, even if it's just nothing more than a, a known distance lecture, 
um, you can go through the minutes of angle, and now they're not dealing with that quarter-inch thing anymore. Now they're dealing at, you know, 400 yards or 300 yards or whatever. Does that make sense? Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, as long as you're – no matter what you do, like what the the way the, the explanation you just gave me, we call that the spaghetti bowl of confusion. Uh-huh. Yep, the the explanation you just gave me, we call that the spaghetti bowl of confusion because you give everybody, you're giving people uh, 50 things to remember and 50 things to do, and they don't have any reason why they're doing it or anything else, which is okay. And and some people can pull it off and some people can't. The same way that some people can pull off uh, uh, starting from the known to the unknown by using a circle and giving them at least an explanation of where they're going from as long as you're giving it the information in a concise, uh, simple fashion, I think you'll be doing okay. Uh, I think that the problem that comes in is when the instructors think that they have to, they have to keep explaining it because there's no way that the people are going to understand it unless they explain it uh, from 20 different directions. And uh, the reality is, is they're not they're not really going to uh, to have a good grasp on it uh, on Saturday anyway. You're gonna you, you're gonna give them a place to start understanding the information, and the best way to do it is just to make it as simple as possible. That means you only you you don't devote more than uh, five minutes to the whole thing, to uh, explaining or introducing IMC, giving them the quick, uh, and it needs to be done with visual aids, and then some visual problems, uh, working on their paper, on the targets, and then getting them to start doing it, and getting them to, uh, every time they go down to the line, and you're checking the person, you're asking them, okay, where's your where's the geographical center of your group at, all right? Now, how big is that group? How big across is that group? How far is that group from the target? And getting them to to work the problem from inches into minutes and then asking them, all right, what adjustment are you going to need to make on your rifle in order to get it to move to there? Now, that's what they'll get. That's what they'll understand is uh, a quick introduction to it and then the practical use of it. But no matter what method you use to instruct somebody if you uh, if you make it complex it's going to be complex and uh, and not easily understood you have to resist the temptation to overteach resist the temptation to make it complex you give the quick introduction to it you ask them if they have any questions and if they don't then you move on Right. Well, the, the main the main thing is to get them to be looking at their groups, measuring their distance, converting it to minutes, and going back to their rifle. And even if they make a mistake, like um, I believe you said, is that if they write down that they moved it um, seven minutes or whatever it was, 28 clicks to the left, and it was the wrong way, at least now they, they have a, a trail, like you said, a, a breadcrumb trail. Oh, I guess I went the wrong way, right? Now I got to take that 28 clicks off, and I got to go 28 the other way. So 
that's uh yeah, I mean, it, the main thing is is to to get them not to be afraid to be adjusting their rifles. Right, and, uh, because they they've got to know how to do it, because you've got to be able to put on your come-ups uh, if you're going to make a shot at actual distance. And Correct. like I said, you can't, a lot of people, like I said, they want to use, they want to use uh, uh, hold-off or the Kentucky windage or something like that, uh, which I guess if they, if, if, I guess you could, but you don't do it because you're afraid to touch your sights. Uh, do it. I just would. I wouldn't do it unless I was using uh, the rifleman's dance, and that is unless I was, uh, if I was in the middle of a course of fire, or if I was. No, you're actually shooting. shooting at that point, right? Yeah, you're actually and shooting. I, and I see yeah, you're it. Not I see the bullet strike wrong. And then I can make mm-hmm. that immediate adjustment by by holding off. But you don't want to use that for all of your shooting. Um, like I said, the, the folks need to understand that that them touching the 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 knobs uh, and putting adjustments on their rifle, it's not going to unravel the universe. That they can make those adjustments and they can take them back off if they want, as long as they run down <laughs> what bet. they put on. Yep, you bet. Mm-hmm. Oh, worst case scenario, you start all over again. Oh God, right. now I'm now I'm eight minutes to the last. Before I was only four. So exactly, yeah. Well, the main thing is is you you bet to make them comfortable with adjusting their sight. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. I mean, how how many how many times have you have you been at the target line and you've been talking to people about this and you want them to make an adjustment and then you find out that they've been using Kentucky windage on that last sighter square. Yeah. I mean, it happens, oh, yeah. Happens all the time, doesn't it? I go, no, you can't. You can't do that. You have to aim, you know, where you want the bullet to go, or we can't make an adjustment because you know yeah. you were holding over here. Well, you think you were holding about here, but it's the same thing at full distance, like you were saying. You you don't really have um, an actual focal area that you're aiming at. You're just going a little bit over this way. And uh, right. that happens, I think, in almost every apple seed. Someone's using well, you'll get somebody that will say, "Well, you know," uh, and I'll say, "Okay, all right, good. You made your, you got your adjustments, and it's you know they're right where they need to be." And uh, and they'll move to the next square, and they'll just shoot at the next square, and it'll be off again. And uh, and we'll ask them, "Well, what, you know, what happened? You know, so what did you, what did you do? What you tell me what you did to cause uh, your group to be." Low and left again, and they said, "Well, I was just aiming at the at the, you know, at that uh, top right square, like you said too." And uh, what you finally unravel out of them is that they never made uh, any adjustments; they were just holding off you know, yeah. to get that to get right. around it where they wanted to, and uh, and you got to you got to make sure that uh, at the beginning, like I said uh, at the at the beginning of the discussion, is that you're telling folks to make sure that they're aiming at the point you tell them to aim at. And that even if they can see the strike of their bullet, like with the scopes and stuff, if they can see the yeah, strike of their bullet, and the it's not yeah. hitting the target, don't move your aiming point to bring the round onto the target. You fire your whole group right there uh, because we're not interested. In the beginning, anyway, we're not, out. We're not interested in you hitting the target, we're not interested in you in, in in you hitting the target. We're interested in you pulling your group down uh, to a usable size, uh, because 
you know, like I said earlier, you if you can get your group down to a nice, tight group, uh, I can just look at your target and look at your rifle, and I can adjust your sights for you. Uh, I don't That's right. know. But I can't get your group down to a nice, tight size. You're going to have to do that. So right up. In the beginning, we're not really—we don't really care where your group is hitting. We just need it to be a nice, tight group because we can adjust it onto the target. So no, no Kentucky windage, no holding off or anything like that. You aim at the point that we we ask you to aim at, and then concentrate on getting your group nice and tight. Uh, the folks with the with the scopes, like I said, are usually the worst offenders because. They can see where the round is hitting, so they'll move their aiming point over to get that round onto the target. So we want to make sure the yeah, standard at the end. Right. Yep. Because the, the riflemen at heart, they want to hit the target, <laughs> so they they just <laughs> right. They do the rifleman's dance even without it being explained to them. Um, the last thing I wanted to impart, um, and the last thing that you want to do when you are leaving the target line after you do IMC is to remind all the students, do not touch your rifle on the way through. You, we will go into prep period, and you will have enough time to adjust it. Because every time I forget to say that, the first thing people do, because they're all excited, you know, they got it written down in their hand, and they run up there, and they want to grab their rifle right away, and everyone's still down range. <laughs> so the last word is, do not walk straight through, do not touch your rifle until prep period. Right. Yeah, I usually tell the police the people, I say, look, I if I if I'm down here at the target line and I see you grabbing your rifle, I'm just going to assume that you're trying to you're going to be trying to kill me and I'm going to start shooting at you. <laughs> well that's a good point because uh you're absolutely right. Because people uh they're they're always going to be uh, obsessing or focusing uh, on one thing or another there. And once they've got, once they have kind of a grip on what they're doing, and you've got them down the line, and they and you can usually see it whenever whenever that information starts making a crack into their skull, and they can start understanding it because oh heck yeah. You know, once they once they have gotten a, a little bit of an understanding of it, the first thing they want to do is go put that adjustment on their rifle. Oh yeah, now I'm starting to understand it now. Okay, now I want to put that adjustment on their, my rifle, and they will. They'll go back up to that line and they'll head right for their rifle. You can even watch it. You can see that hand starting to point at the rifle as they're as they're approaching it. That hand being oh yeah, drawn, they, they, they can't drawn wait. magnetically to that rifle. You bet. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, exactly. so make sure that they make sure that they understand that they can't uh, they can't be uh, making any adjustments until you put them in prep. So, well, how are things going in uh, your area, Holy Cat? Well, um, you know, promotions are always the big thing, aren't they? Um, we've uh, we keep adding more more events. Our goal this year was seventy five. Um, up, I think we did about 50 last year. Um, I don't know if we'll make it, but we're still adding. We added another one this week, and uh, but we always have room on the line, which is uh, which is really what we have to work at is trying to get the word out. Uh, because you know, as as much as we'd like to believe is the truth, 
that people have heard of Appleseed. Really, no one has heard of Appleseed. And uh, it's uh, it's got to be, uh, we're trying to emphasize to all our shoot bosses that, that they are the promo leader. You know, they've got a shoot coming up. Fill that line. Um, get those flyers out at, at the gas stations and, and uh, you know, gee, some guy dropped off a, a new couch that OG bought this week, and and the the first thing they got was uh, you shoot, <laughs> and uh, and they left with a couple of apple seed flyers with the Wisconsin schedule in it. So I mean, you don't ever miss an opportunity to to hand those things out. And if anybody, um, any of the instructors out there, if they don't have trifolds, um, just make sure you get them. Uh, I believe uh is it is it Lawrence that they would go to or is it their state coordinator? Do you know Scout? For now what? what for, again? for 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 trifolds so that all instructors have, you know, a handful of trifolds at all times with them? Uh I think you can just request request those in your shoot box, right? Yeah, but the we you know, that would be the shoot box. But you know, what if we just have an IIT three and he wants um he wants flyers and um, maybe he lives in a state that doesn't have a state coordinator and uh, doesn't know where to go to get them. Uh, well, you know what? I saw it posted, and uh, you can, maybe you can find it, or I'll take a look for it, too, and repost that. I saw it posted, too, yeah. and I can't remember where it was now. Well, but, I, I uh, think the starting point would be I think all instructors have access to the shoot boss board, and, yeah. and Lawrence, Lawrence posts, you know, all the time, uh, supply requests for, you know, this weekend or whatever. So right. I think I think if instructors would, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm basically, I'm just making this up, but I think this would work if they just send a PM to Lawrence and say, I need I need some trifolds, you know, where do I go? I think he could definitely tell them where to, where to get them. Right. Um, when, when, in, in, when you have a state like yours, um, and actually mine because of DFly, uh, all the instructors always have trifolds. I mean, we make sure that anytime they work at a shoot, they they go home with you know a three-inch stack of them. And, right. Uh, but it's 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 promotion, promotion, promotion. I mean, we have to we have to keep letting people know about it because, frankly, people do not know about this program. Well, okay, and, I've, uh, I've I'll I'll do another uh, section on promotions, but I've been doing this for years now. And I've been telling yes, folks you for years about <laughs> about all of the many ways you can do it and and the simple ways, and that if uh, if everybody who was uh, listed on the forum, if everybody would put five minutes, not per day, five minutes per week, then we could make a uh, we could make a huge exponential jump. Just by five minutes, because there's so many simple no. ways to do it. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I so. mean, because we have we have almost a thousand instructors in this program, and if five minutes times one thousand, uh, I'm not real good at public math, but that's a lot of man hours, isn't it? Absolutely. And spent uh, on promotion, <clears throat> but everyone's got to do it. I mean, it's everyone's job. I mean, there is no. There is no group of people out there, you know, that that's, that's their full-time paid occupation that's out there to try to sell these shoots. I mean, we're all volunteer. And uh, the people that are on the promo boards, 
Um, you know, I mean, they work their tails off. I mean, every day they're working on stuff, but, you know, a handful of people cannot do what a thousand can. So well, uh, I'll try and, uh, I think for next week I'll I'll try and add in a, like another, like a, a five-minute section or a ten-minute section on it. We'll just cover one thing at a time for a week. But uh, uh, absolutely, if anything ever... Uh, the the most dangerous thing the this program faces is lack of promotions. Uh, yeah. Because the there are there are actually millions of people out there right now who would come to an apple seed. They they would come. There are probably a hundred thousand of them that would be willing to come uh, uh, next weekend. A hundred thousand so. people that would be willing to come so. next weekend. If they knew it was happening, but they don't know. Yep. It's uh, and, uh you know, know, I usually always uh, 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 usually kind of uh, uh, compare it to uh, uh, when I was in college. We were talking about uh, uh, about the the uh, employment, uh, and you talk about uh, frictional unemployment. And that is uh, where there are there are thousands of businesses out there that need uh, widget uh, uh, sharpeners, and there are thousands of widget sharpeners that are unemployed and need jobs. And how do you put those two together? And that's a, a frictional unemployment problem. And it's the same thing. With promotion, there there are literally millions of Americans who would like to come to an apple seed. They just don't know that it exists. Otherwise, they'd be willing to come to it. So how do you do it? How do you get them to know? And the one thing I've learned, too, from uh, from doing promotion since day one, and it's been almost six years now, is that there's no shortcuts. There's no, uh, there's no magic... Uh, solutions to it. Uh, all there is is it's the same way as if you built a house with bricks or cinder blocks or stones. You know, you've got to put one stone on top of the other, you know, until you get the house built. The same thing with promotions. You've got to uh, you've got to trudge along. Now there are, there are things that can cause spikes in it, uh, like uh, uh, getting onto a television show or you know, or something like that, uh, they can produce a spike in it. But down at the very bottom, at the end of the day, it's, it is uh, a problem of uh, of making sure that you, that day in, day out, that you're doing the job of getting the word out. Right now, and it's always going to be the case, right now the most effective method that uh, we have of promoting the apple seed is the... Uh, the low-tech method of word of mouth. And yet word Mm -hmm. of mouth is always going to be uh, the most viable, the most important way of promoting the program because word of mouth allows, uh, it doesn't require any previous exposure uh, because you're getting the information from somebody that you trust or somebody that... uh, uh, you know, a member of your family or your friend or something like that is telling you, hey, this is a 
this is a really good program. I just went through it, and I think you should too. And those people will come to the program just based on that. They don't need anything else. Whereas, no, you don't need uh, the, you don't need the twelve the twelve exposures or whatever it takes. You know, with normal right. advertising. Right. You don't need to but, see it on a on a billboard and then on your forum and then get a flyer of it and on and on. You don't need all that. You just need to hear it uh, from your brother or from your uncle or your dad or from your neighbor saying, hey, look, man, this is a great program. I learned a ton, and they're ready to go, you know. So that's always going to be the, the best method. Uh, but there are plenty of other ones that you can use. So I'll make sure that I try and devote, uh, like, at least uh, 10 minutes uh, each week to that. Um, yeah, that that'd be that'd be great. And we you know we have right. a we have a new national promotions coordinator who I believe starts uh I believe he, I think he started already. You know who that is? Who's that? Dragonfly. It's who? So Dragonfly. The uh we lost we lost our state coordinator in Wisconsin, but the nation got um a new uh national promotions coordinator. So he's uh he's the guy with the whip. Uh running, right. running the team. So um he would he would be uh he'd be a good guy to try to get on your program. Um he drives um uh, UPS truck mainly at night. He's probably on the road right now, so um he he probably would be available to be on at some point if you wanna work that out or I could have him PM you and see if there's a time that you know, a, a week or whatever that he could be on and, and just uh, fill, so he could fill people in as to exactly what uh, what the uh, the two promo teams that that he oversees are, are working on currently, what you know, what's coming up. Okay, that sounds great. All right. Well, thank you very much, Coley. And yeah, uh, yeah. And thank you for for all you do. Um, really. Out of my heart, thank you so much. All righty, thank you very much, sir. And make sure that you uh, make sure that you're not being a stranger that you're calling in. All right, okay, yep, I'll, I'll try. And, to, uh, I'll did try you to be... did you give out uh, did you give out your congratulations to uh, to your local crew? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. Um, okay, well, I, 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 in try to, I try to do that on a weekly basis anyway, but. Um, Gosh, who's my local crew? Um, we have uh, we've we've probably got seven or eight shoot bosses. We've got a, a group up in northern Wisconsin that uh, a senior guy up there is Martin, um, and uh, probably just under him is Taylor, and we've got Crash and Zamboni Driver, and those guys are are getting ranges. Like I mean, every week they're getting ranges and um, getting close to you know twenty people. Um, at every every new range, so it's just doing a great job. Uh, we've got Joe Z, who um, pretty much has uh, stayed down in uh, Hubertus, just outside of Milwaukee. We do uh, one day shoot there every month of the year, and uh, we have a new shoot boss, Trigger Nick, who has seemed to take over uh, Racine and uh, possibly Bristol, which is southern Wisconsin, right on the Illinois border. So uh, we've got uh, got some great. Uh, Got some great instructors in the state. I'm I'm really proud of all of them, um, every last one of them. So that's that's my shout out to them. Thanks, guys and gals, all. 
Well, thank you, Coley, and thanks to all of those folks there in Wisconsin working. Okay. And thanks to all of the folks in the neighboring states, because I know that uh, I know that uh, Wisconsin is no different than uh, any of the the rest of the states. You guys are uh, trading back and forth across the state lines. I'm sure. Yeah, we and do. Yeah, that, we've been uh, we've been helping Illinois out as much as as need be, but they're uh, thank you know thank goodness they're they've uh, they've they've really uh, man they've got a lot of IITs down there. I think they've got last time I looked, I think Illinois has got over 50 IITs. Um, they're a little short of shoot bosses, but as you know, that's only six months away from being solved. So right. Uh, well, that is perfect because. Uh, that's another problem that uh, that, you, that a, a state or a crew can face, uh, and that is uh, is having uh, a lot of shoots, but not enough uh, instructors uh, to to make it to all of the events uh, on a consistent basis, uh, in order to keep from getting. Uh, and I don't want to say burned out because I don't really believe that much about being burned out. I just mean uh, burning up all of your time. You know, everybody yeah, has right. a has a finite amount of time that they can devote to the program, and uh, the best way to make that easy on you is to be out there recruiting as many new instructors as you can, so that uh, you can spread the work around and. Uh, I always try and tell the instructors and everybody else getting involved with the program that your your very first job on day one is to start finding your replacement. Start finding uh, the person right. that can take over your job, uh, you know, as soon as possible. And, and, and do everything you can to make sure that person is better than you are. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the second goal. You know, I, I like well, to tell all my students, I want all of you to be better than I am. So. That's right. That's right. Every instructor should be doing their absolute best to get their 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 best job that they can do to get back on the couch. Uh, <laughs> and the only way to get back on the couch is to find your replacement, right? Because you yeah. can't leave the nation hanging. So if there's nobody to do the job, you're going to have to do it. So you, you better start well, looking somehow, for one. You better somehow, start looking for somebody to replace you. Somehow I don't see you on the couch anytime soon, even though you've, I'm sure, made plenty of replacements. So um, thanks thanks again, Skull, for everything, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk again. All right. Thank you, Coley. Thank you. God bless. Okay, bye-bye. And, uh, and best yeah, God bless you. And your state. Okay, thank you. All right. Uh Yeah, like I said... <laughs> everybody's goal should be finding a way to get back on the couch, but there's no way to get back on until all the stuff is done, all of the all of the uh, all of the replacements uh, are ready to go, and it's probably never going to happen. But if you can at least dangle that carrot in front of your face, right? I can get back on the couch whenever I have. Uh, Whenever I have my uh, Ponzi uh, replacements ready, so <clears throat> you should all be trying to. Uh, you should make sure that you're not forgetting to do your recruitment pitches 
at uh, all of the events. Uh, a lot of times, folks will uh, will they'll touch on it, but you should be draw, doing everything you can to draw folks in to make them understand that that yes, that this is a uh, it's an important mission that we have. It's a valid mission. It's an important mission, but that we can't do it alone. We can't do this. Uh, if, we can't even come close to doing it alone. We have to have every single person uh, helping to shoulder the burden, helping to uh, uh, to keep their shoulder on the on the stone and pushing it forward to help preserve and safeguard the freedoms and liberties of this nation. And, and it's everyone's responsibility. So you got to make sure that you're that you're doing your best to include folks. Uh, in the events, and it can be done in a lot of different ways. You can get them, uh, you can grab some of them to help uh, clear the line. You know, folks that aren't instructors, you can get them to start clearing the line. And the way that you do that is you'll get somebody who's uh, sharp and who and uh, ask them if they wouldn't mind helping clear the line. And then you have them followed and backed up by the uh by one of the IITs, one of the line officers, and uh, to ensure that it's being done correctly. But let them get a chance to start clearing the line. Let them get a chance to start interacting uh, as they would if they were an instructor. Uh, invite them to, uh, if you're going to have a good uh, uh, after-action meeting uh, and you, you've, you've already uh Single out some of the folks you think would be in good, good uh, instructor material. Uh, invite them to come to the after action meeting. You know, listen to their comments. Uh, ask them for uh, uh, for input. Uh, I take uh, I'll take folks to the uh, instructor dinners with me, and I'll I'll pay their pay for their dinner because uh, if I can get another instructor on the line and all it costs me is ten bucks, man, I'm I'll shell that ten bucks out in a heartbeat. So <clears throat> figure out different ways uh to get to include folks, prospective instructors, to include them uh and do your best to let them know that that the mission of Appleseed is a large one and that it's going to take uh, it's going to take every single person we can get our hands on uh, in order to get it completed. All right, uh, area code uh, 712-249, you're on the air. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm just sitting in. I used to listen to you guys every I think, Tuesday night a couple of years ago, then I lost you. That's when, yeah. we, when we went to Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I... I ordered some stuff from Fred here a while back, and I said, whatever happened to them guys? And he ratted you off, told me where he's hiding. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you're, glad you're listening. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I uh, went and I got me a uh, – oh, I went to, to an apple seed shoot a couple of years ago and just stumbled on it as a fluke. The guys was camped out of the shooting range, and I couldn't shoot. And uh, But I, I went to Minot, North Dakota here this last winter, and – Got my rifleman's badge, and yeah, that's uh, that history part of that is the cool part of it. 
I mean, learned a lot of pointers. I, I was 56 years old, shot. Since I hold both ends of a rifle off the ground, I learned a lot. That, that, well, that's that, it. Here's the thing: the is guy that, in his helper that put that on was real thorough, huh? Spent individual time with everybody, and yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome. Well, the thing is, is that you can you can shoot your whole life, and some of the things you'll learn just by doing it, and some of the things you'll learn uh, through frictional uh, contact with other shooters and stuff, right? You go to the range and uh, somebody will tell you something about maybe about inches and minutes of clicks or they'll tell you something about uh, natural point of aim. Maybe they won't call it that because they don't know it's called that. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, people were using natural point of aim long before anybody came up with that name. So there, people have out, been out there doing this stuff forever. And Appleseed didn't make any of this stuff up. I mean, it's not like... We can't take credit for making any of this stuff up. All we did is we took 500 years of uh, firearms usage and boiled it all down, distilled it all down into a program that we can teach in two days. So all of the stuff that we're teaching is stuff that you would eventually probably come around to and be and uh, come into contact with at some point in your in your shooting career. But the thing is, is Good grief. Listen, if I had it to do over, uh, I'd much rather have started out with an apple feed than to have gone 25 years like I did exactly. without, uh, you know, without get, without being able to find some of this stuff. Yeah, and now, now at this time in life, the one I went to breaking a lot of bad habits. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But it was, well, I, have you I, thought about I, becoming an instructor? Oh, my work schedule and that just would never work. Like right now, I'm in the middle of moving from Devil's Lake, North Dakota, to, back to Casper, Wyoming, you know. And this happens well, every few you, months. And, have, you, have you thought about dragging uh, somebody with you to an apple seed? If, if, I, could, if I could find one, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely drag somebody. Well, I, good. I, I, I'd show up to the car load, you know. Yeah. Well, you mean I, you, I, if you I could find an apple I, seed? If, if I could find it, if I could find an apple seed, I could I could bring a person or two easy. Well, listen, yeah. it's very easy to find. Go to uh, go to the uh, the apple seed home yeah, web page. That's rwva dot org. Very easy to remember. Rwva dot org. Revolutionary War Veterans Association, yeah. Yep. And on the at the top of the website, the top of the homepage there, you'll see a, a list of tabs across the top. And the second one to the left says Appleseed. Okay. If you put your cursor on that, you'll get a drop down menu. And on the drop down menu select schedule. And you click on that and it'll take you to a a page that has a map of the United States on it. And then you just put your cursor on the state where you want to attend an event and click on it, and it will bring up all of the events for that state okay. for the coming year. Yeah, yeah I, I remember a couple of years ago I got on this program late tonight, but you used to at the first few minutes you went through all the states and where they coming at, and I don't know if you guys do that anymore or not. I kind of spaced you out, and I, I got in here a little late tonight to listen, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I sure am glad I found you guys. <laughs> it's awesome. 
Well, go to the home page and find one and bring somebody else uh bring yeah, somebody I'll do else that. I'll do it. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll All right, that. listen, we're we're out of time for tonight. Uh we'll see you guys next Thursday at uh, 7 p.m. Central. Thanks to everybody who called in tonight. Thanks to everybody who uh who chimed in on IMC and uh, we'll see you next Thursday 7 p.m. Central. All right? Good night. God bless everybody and uh, we'll see you next week.